Take out your tea and diaries and get ready for the Cozy Feminine Podcast, a place for faith-based classic feminine women or aspiring classic feminine women to come together and listen in on all things divine femininity, conservative values, and traditional woman empowerment. Back on track from last week's episode, for those who do not know, I did a bit of a a pivot in what I was originally going to be talking about um, last week, but I'm going to be talking about this week. I was discussing Rihanna's halftime show and my conservative feminine approach and thoughts on it. And let's just say it gets rather passionate. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I highly recommend it. It's the last one. Um, But yes, back on track from last week's episode, I want to have a warm and inviting chat about value. More specifically, high value attributes that women can have that add value to their relationships with others and themselves. And of course, with the big guy upstairs. I've been noticing, particularly within the modern day woman definition of high value, women believe that being sexually free is empowerment, that being completely independent of men and of relationships is high quality, that pursuing high status within a career, within society, is considered the epitome of success as a woman. Essentially, not falling into the norms of traditional womanhood is considered to make one a high-value woman. And, quote-unquote, feeling the oppression is key to all of this as well. I don't know about you, But I happen to genuinely and sincerely disagree with this. I think that these qualities actually do a fabulous job at diminishing a woman's worth, especially in the eyes of future partners. Women that are promiscuous, overly independent, and modern-day career status-driven, I feel, have a tendency to attract a rather lonely life one that is filled with men who don't really provide or protect or men who are overly aggressive and dissatisfied with only one woman. I feel that this modern approach to womanhood is probably a lot of what has led to one of the saddest generations of women. Childless by choice, single, emotionally wounded, and continuously conflicted. And there are a lot of interviews out about this too. And it's it's really, it's devastating because all these women that decide to follow suit for this modern day womanhood, um, they're much older now. They're well past childbearing years. They're also well, they're also well past the time that they would want to invest into a child because they're just a lot older. And they regret it. And these women, they're, they're alone. They come home to an empty house. And there's a lot more interviews out now that are really talking about this because obviously besides this not being good for our species if we're not making babies, but also just on an emotional and mental level, these women are depressed. They're so incredibly sad and hopeless because they've wasted so much time going after the wrong things. So... I believe that high-value women, 
they come from more traditional roots and philosophies. And this is not to say that, you know, there's only one way to, you know, do things. I'm sure that there are a lot of women who listen to the podcast who would have maybe even differences of opinion to what I'm saying. Because in my personal opinion, I'm like, you know, I would love to be a stay-at-home mom one day. I think it would be absolutely fabulous. However, because of certain circumstances um, and certain lifestyles that also we would like to be able to uphold, and it's nothing crazy. We're not like these big travel people that need to like always <laughs> be able to drop everything and go. Like we would love children and to have you know the house with the white picket fence and everything. It's just very expensive where I live. Um, and because we want to be near family, it definitely limits our options as well. And so to really ensure the most success for us, at least at this stage, we both have to work. So it's, you know, I'm going to have the bad opinion tied into what I say too, where, you know, there are a lot of traditional women who feel that, you know, being a stay-at-home mom is like the epitome of high value, um, at least part of, you know, the epitome of high value. And I would say that, you know, you don't have to be a stay-at-home mom or housewife to be able to have high-value attributes either. So I think it's a spectrum. I think there are different, you know, gives and takes when it comes to this. So everyone has their way to do it. You know what I mean? I don't think there's there's multiple ways that we can, you know, do things. <laughs> so I don't want people to think that even what I'm necessarily listing is the only way to become a high-value woman. I will say this is a general, I feel, consensus of it. But you might disagree, and that's okay. So I hope that these high-value traits that um, I've personally evolved to discover and latch onto and practice, I hope that they're able to help other women either validate their current actions or inspire new ones. Because I feel that I feel that we as women also have the ability to evolve and adopt more high-value traits. And I know that there are going to be a lot of women who disagree with me on that too. Because the idea is like, well, if you've already if you've already been promiscuous, you can't take it back. And I know that's become like a new thing <laughs> where the women are like taking back their virginity, which you you can't do. Um, and I, I do agree with that notion. Um, however, I do feel though you could at least not dig yourself further into low value existence. So that's more of what I'm referring to. I think as a woman, you have to take responsibility for yourself. You know, we can't just start changing the rules of the game so it fits our mistakes. We need to abide by the rules of the game um, and make changes accordingly as we discover them. So I think that anyone could become more high value, in my personal opinion, and not dig themselves further. I myself used to have, you know, low value traits as well and I started to evolve and discover more of what a high value woman is like and I'm always learning as well so you know I think it's it's a journey for everyone and living a high value life it's not easy to be perfectly honest at least for my seat um and it's not even like my parents didn't instill high value attributes I just didn't listen <laughs> so they're they're fabulous <laughs> I was um I was the difficult one um, that had trouble listening and understanding that maybe I don't know as much as I think I do. You know, the short-term satisfaction can be quite lacking in all honesty when one starts to pr- 
pursue a high value life. However, I have to commend it. You know, the long-term satisfaction, that's there. It's ultimately there and it leads to a happier, more fulfilling life. So let's get into it. What are the high value attributes that make a woman high value? And by the way, these come from a plethora of factors like religious and spiritual ones, biology, psychology, life. So these are a mix of perceptions and, you know, some people might disagree. That's okay. I hope though at least this, you know, provides some insight or just things to think about. Alrighty. Number one, high value women don't give in to their temptations. Oh, and by the way, there are eight that we're going to go over. should probably specify. There are eight. High value women don't give in to their temptations and weigh out the costs before moving forward. This particularly applies to relational matters. It can be so easy to want to give into what is setting our souls on fire or perhaps other parts of the body. However, a high value woman values restraint. She values restraint because it's a form of protection from hedonism, which can leave her tired, unfulfilled, upset, or even unclean if given into certain temptations. Temptations are generally perceived as tests. They are there to make us think twice before proceeding. And when we give ourselves a little more credit to think and be our femininely reflective selves, we opt ourselves in for making better decisions that reflect our values and keep us in alignment with them and our goals as women. So that's number one. We have restraint and we don't give in to all of our temptations. That's a hard one. It's really, really, really difficult to do, especially if one is not used to doing that. However, it's so empowering to be able to discipline our own selves and take responsibility for ourselves. It's actually very empowering. It's way more empowering (laughs) than this whole sexual freedom situation where we just, you know, you know, give into all of our impulses. Number two, high value women aren't promiscuous. I'll be honest. I haven't been a saint about this aspect of my life in the past. I was by no means out of control. However, I understand that there will be many views on anything past losing virginity um, uh, out of, you know, wedlock that may say otherwise. What I can say, though, is that I accept the fact that this area of my life was certainly low value. And if I ever found myself in a position of singlehood, which I certainly pray not to, especially being that I don't personally believe in divorce, Um, unless God forbid you're getting beaten or things like that. I think that's a whole other complex conversation in itself, but I don't personally believe in it and I would approach it very differently um, if I ever ended up in that position of singlehood. For those who are waiting to have, you know, for those who are waiting to wait until marriage to be intimate to the largest degree, kudos, truly, or those who have waited. Seriously, I love it and I admire that so much. In so many ways, I wish that I can go back in time, but I can't. I have to take responsibility for myself and move forward. You know, for everyone else, it's really about that first attribute of not giving into the temptations and practicing restraint, which can begin at any point in time. Traditionally, masculine men also prefer women who are as sexually pure as possible. 
This goes back to early times of our species with paternity and spiritual practices and beliefs. The concept of not being promiscuous was used from a practical sense to ensure paternity and cleanliness for men and family. Women that slept around were more susceptible to getting illnesses and diseases, and once a man had realized that the woman he was with was sexually active with multiple men, if the woman got pregnant, the man would feel less inclined to step forward as a father, being that the child might not be his to begin with, which is a huge problem, because that's one thing that men really take primal ownership over, is you know their own kin. And when they aren't even, the, the worst nightmare of a, of a man is to father a child that's not his without, you know, at least even knowing it. You know what I mean? Like there are men that will marry women that have children and that's fine. You know, like I, I, I think that it's important for male father figures to be in a child's life 100%. It's when a woman's being very promiscuous, sleeps with a bunch of men, gets pregnant, and then is expecting all these men to just step forward as if like, oh, I don't care if that's not my child, I'm going to take care of him anyways, or her anyways. And, and that, that's just something that a man never wishes to be in, in that situation. Being promiscuous also goes against biblical expectation of saving your godly body for marriage with the man of whom you'll share life and seed with. Sex isn't supposed to be transactional. It's emotional, it's provisional, and protective. And when we as women don't treat it as such, we are setting ourselves up to be a dirty dumpster for other men. Protect your body, ladies, if you're not doing so yet. Trust me, the temptation isn't worth the overwhelming amount of regret. High value attribute number three. High value women are kind, considerate, and compassionate of others. Notice I didn't say agreeable. Agreeableness is a fabulous, agreeableness is fabulous for relational matters in a healthy relationship. You know, it's good, you know, women tend to be more agreeable by nature anyways, you know, and it's really great to be agreeable when you're in a healthy relationship. It's very necessary. In terms of the individual, high-value women are not seen as aggressive, domineering, or masculine. They want the best for the wonderful people around them and pray for the best in themselves and others. It's all about having the patience to allow for beautiful people and experiences to grow. Nothing is more low value than a woman with a crappy attitude towards life. What really helps a high value woman shine from the get-go is when she leans into her femininity and expresses a poised and elegant level of emotional intelligence, even if she disagrees with what someone else is doing or saying. High value attribute number four, high value women pray. I'm sorry, I can't get on board with atheism. Even atheism, when I read um, Dr. Jordan Peterson's book, The 12 Rules of Life, you know, he talks about that even an atheist still has a religious foundation of some sort and that all of the decisions are still based off of religious expectation, which is so fascinating. But yeah, no, I can't get on board with atheism. It just doesn't make sense in my eyes. Um, also, I find it to be a rather entitled viewpoint of the world. You know, like I'm, I, I, don't, I can't even speak on it. I just, 
Nope. (laughs) High value women, they don't just live in anarchy without structure or order. They know that the world and their life isn't a series of happenstance, but rather a series of intentionality and prayer that hopefully each circumstance is met with an equal amount of respect for Hashem. God, I call him Hashem. (laughs) Um, And all that he has to offer and provide that there aren't coincidences and therefore this type of woman lives her life with a close relationship to a divinely higher power than herself a woman who prays believes that there is a higher level of understanding to the world that even she herself knows is outside of her grasp which is why she does her best to live a life as close to that power and have him help guide her through life help teach ethics right versus wrong, morality, and so forth. Number five, high-value women love and respect men and relationships. It's sad to think that this is a high-value trait, being that it sounds like it should be a given. However, after seeing the wave of anti-male rhetoric surfacing the media, I feel it is important to make note that high-value women truly understand and value the significance that men offer to the world and to their own world. They are the providers and protectors. They are the key to the ignition in a relationship. These kinds of women find the beauty in prioritizing relationships ahead of you know, modern careers and are eager to settle down with a great man that can help aid in a great life. They don't support bashing men or shutting down a man's natural tendency to lead and take charge. They also admire traditionally masculine traits in their men and don't aim to possess those traits themselves on a consistent basis. They also are very big on making sure that their partner looks good. So they're not going to go out and put themselves in risky and compromising positions that could also make them look, you know, make their men look bad or anything like that like going to clubs and being surrounded by a bunch of other men that want to sexually pursue them. So that, yeah, this is a, this, this particular bullet point is a conversation itself that I've been watching a lot of interviews on too. And it's very fascinating how a lot of modern women perceive men in relationships. Very interesting. But the idea is that a high value woman loves and respects men and all that they do and doesn't try to dominate them or be like them. They definitely see, you know, much more of that complementary nature between men and women rather than equality in terms of our strengths and weaknesses. Number six, on the topic of relational matters, high value women have respect for traditional gender roles and expectations. This isn't again to say that a woman's place is only able to be at home. If that's possible, then I mean, lovely. Again, like I wish that I could be in that position. However, there are a lot of women where being a one-income generating family just isn't sufficient enough. That being said, though, a high-value woman in any circumstance doesn't mind taking on the traditional female role that she can and allow the you know male to take on male roles. She's more than willing and happy to be the nurturer and the caregiver of a home while her partner is the provider and protector of it. She doesn't mind being the mother and the wife over being seen as a career woman. The career is to help with living. However, that's not a a defining moment for herself. It's 
her family that's defining her as a woman. And in fact, sees high value in being the mother and the wife. That that's the ultimate level of success if she can in fact achieve it, even if she had to work. Number seven, high value women avoid and disengage from drama. Let's face it, it's another temptation, right? <laughs> I, I laugh at this because it's so hard to hear the juice on other people's lives. I'll be honest, this one is tough for me. And having a purely, a truly purely nosy nature about myself, I don't even do anything with what's shared with me. I simply just like knowing it. Um, I like knowing what's happening around me and with others in my life, especially those that I love and care about. Sometimes I learn things I wish I'd rather not have learned, and it's usually a good reminder to note that even if it's not your drama, it's also not your business, and life is better not knowing what's happening all the time. Um, Drama is an energy sucker and usually a black hole for progress. How can we focus on our own gardens growing if we are too focused on everyone else's? Also, how can we expect our gardens to grow if we are taking away the light and the nutrients, replacing it with harsh weather conditions and a lack of endearing attention, right? Nothing grows. So we need to be mindful of the difference between being a shoulder for someone to cry on versus feeding into drama. And once this change is made, I can guarantee life is much better away from the black holes. In fact, recently, I did find myself in a bit of a drama pickle. Not a drama pickle, sorry, a gossip pickle. And I realized when I walked away from it, I actually felt worse. And I realized, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or, oh, I shouldn't have, like, mm. And I could feel it. I could tell when I'm being a gossiper versus just being a shoulder. And it's not good. Do our best not to do that. (laughs) Um... Last, but certainly not least, um, high-value attribute number eight. High-value women take care of themselves and others. Being healthy is not always easy, and it requires a strong level of discipline. I would say currently this is the hardest value for me to personally uphold, but nonetheless, high-value women understand that their bodies are their temples and not their own to destroy. Besides promiscuity, high-value women limit the junk that enters their bodies and are keen to find ways to enhance their own natural beauty through routines, sleep, food, and intimacy. When a woman knows how to accomplish this successfully, it's so much easier for her to set the example to then help others achieve the same level of self-preservation and respect. It's kind of like when you're in the airplane and they give you the whole spiel of, you know, when the mask drops, you need to make sure you put your mask on first before putting on someone else's because you might not make it. You know, you're going to put, you know, the mask on someone else and not you. And then you might actually end up being the one that doesn't survive. Whereas when you know how to take care of yourself first, it becomes so much easier to take care of other people. And that's also a conversation too, because there's such a spectrum even with regards to how that works. But the idea is that a high value woman, she takes care of herself. She takes pride in being hygienic and clean and, you know, takes pride in eating well and exercising and upholding routines that add value to her health. So we went through all eight attributes for being a high value woman. And I hope that you found it helpful on your journey through the discovery and maintenance of being a cozy feminine woman with divine feminine energy. The the idea of sharing these attributes is to provide an invitingly compassionate form of guidance. That's really what the cozy feminine is all about too. 
You know, while we will all have our own thoughts about what makes for high value, I'm glad to still have had the opportunity to share with you mine. So thank you so much for listening today, and I can't wait to chat with you all next week. Don't forget to rate the podcast and you know in the main podcast channel, like where you can rate the podcast as a whole. Please be sure to rate it and give your feedback, share a review. So with all that being said, finish drinking your tea, close up your diaries, and have a wonderful rest of the week.